Martin banks it off. Sutter is up with it there. Right around it, Brett. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Leading goal scorer on the team. Drew one and Brett Scott. It's the T.C. Martin Show. A tie game on the power play. Hodgson was at the front of the net. They are even. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. A power play goal by the captain. T.C. Martin. It's brushed on back by Richard Buckshot. Right up front. Younger fan inside of the net. Now in. And a good Monday to you, T.C. Martin, live. Here we go on a manic Monday. T.C. Martin Show streaming live at tcmartinshow.com. VGK Ballpark Frank in the house as we get ready for the Golden Knights tonight. 2,600 of your closest friends will get to see the Golden Knights in person tonight, T-Mobile Arena. We will dive into that today, talk all about that and a whole lot more. So a lot of Golden Knights talk today. Numchuck on the other side of the glass. You need to get some Windex here, Numchuck. Yeah. No, you don't use your finger when you do that. You get – no, you don't use a Kleenex either. You get the Windex with a paper towel. You, you, you better watch yourself because you know the next move he's gonna he's gonna do that spit on it thing and then wipe it with the Kleenex. You know, <laughs> you don't wanna. I've seen people do that sort of stuff. So that's why we have glass in front. I, I, I don't need that. I don't, I don't need that. And I'm saying you keep on telling him what not to do. Well, he's gonna go the next level. So <sighs> just say yeah. He's behind the glass. That's it. That's it. Yeah. End of statement. Yeah. Because something will go wrong, right? There's very, very possible. <laughs> I'll have to set the line on what that is today. There you go. If there's a wrong button on the glass, he'll find a way to push it. <laughs> <laughs> he could break the glass. There's a lot of control at times, too. There we go. See? Yeah. Knock on wood? No, knock on glass. All right. So a lot of VGK stuff to talk about today. Uh, fans allowed back in the building. We'll dive into that. A couple great guests joining us today as well, too. Matthew Holt from U.S. Integrity. As we talk about the Vegas Golden Knights trade deal. Now, a lot of people will say, well, what are you talking about? This news hit on Wednesday that the Golden Knights signed a partnership deal, a sponsorship deal based out of Mexico. And what are they, you may ask? They are a tout service. So that was not received very well. There was a lot of backlash. That news came out on Wednesday. Saturday, they rescinded the deal because they got so much backlash saying, wait a minute, you guys are in bed with a tout service? We all a pick su- service? Yeah, all of a sudden things that have blown up on social. Mm-hmm. Oh, are they going to get inside information? Are they going to do this? Are they going to do that? Well, how are they going to? How do you do something with a service like this? Yes, it was, it was not a good look, especially in this social media era. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk to Matthew Holt about that. Of course, U.S. Integrity, our guy, the former VP in the sports book industry, started his own company, you remember, a couple of years ago and works very closely with college conferences, professional teams, working with the Nevada Gaming Control Board. So this is right up his alley. And so we're going to parlay that with uh, Scott Spritzer as well later on today as well. So Scott, of course, our featured handicapper with uh, Doc Sports. And, you know, if you are going to do this, which is a very controversial move, and one of my questions is going to be, why wouldn't you do this with a Vegas company or a company here, at least in the United States? But Vegas has 
many reputable tout services, and one of those being Docs that we're very familiar with and good partners of ours as well, too. It just begs the question, did the Golden Knights front office know exactly what kind of agreement they were entering into? And I know there were articles posted the last few days with different sportsbook directors in town were commenting, and they're kind of chuckling, saying they might not have known what, what kind of deal they were entering into. Because we know the Golden Knights and other teams now have agreements with sports books and the gold knights have one with william hill our partner but tout services i mean that's a no-no well yeah it would certainly seem like it and it's appropriate that we have matt on because integrity seems to be one of the big issues here in this whole conversation so but you know it's kind of weird because it's that old double-edged sword thing if they're banking on the thing of what we didn't really know what we're getting into is that better or worse if that's the case? Because then then are you just signing with the highest bidder for something out there or something? So it's like, it, it, to me, it almost seems worse if they didn't know what exactly it was. Because if you're going to be endorsing somebody and have a partnership with them, you damn well better know what they're all about and what they're doing. Or else it can really blow up in your face like this has. Yeah, and no other organization has got in bed, so to speak, with a pick service, a tout service. So that's why this news is rather strange, and a lot of people were taken aback by it. Not just you know business partners, but fans were as well too, and in uh, sportsbook directors. That is definitely a conflict of interest if one of your corporate sponsors is a sportsbook. Now that's great promotion, and it's been a long time coming. Just like you know we've had one forever. And you're bringing business to the sports book. You go to the games even if you're not going to the games, have that interest. Yes, you can bet on the games. You don't have to bet on the games, but it's a good partnership. It makes a lot of sense and you're hitting that same demographic, that same audience that's interested in sports, interested in sports wagering. But then when you start getting into tout services, now you're saying, "Okay, well, are we Picking the Golden Knight. And the way tout services and, and these pick services work for a lot of people that don't know, they will charge you, like this particular company based in Mexico, they will charge a client $89 a month per sport, and they will give you picks. So say, for example, you know, you're not real familiar with the National Hockey League. It's like, okay, I want, I want to make some money. I'll pay you $89 a month. And then every day they're going to give you whatever the number is, four or five games a day, and you go bet these games. Now, of course, th- these all don't hit. And a lot of these pick companies, these tout services, have been accused of giving both sides of a game out. So, for example, the Golden Knights are playing the Minnesota Wild tonight. Half of their writers or people that call will will say, okay, hey, I like the Golden Knights tonight. I take the Golden Knights. And then the other half of the room is saying, hey, pick the Minnesota Wild tonight. This way you're guaranteeing that 50% of the people that you're giving this to is going to win. I mean, totally unethical whatsoever. 100%. Yeah. So, And this has been going on for years and years and years. That's why there's the tout services do not have a reputable tag, so to speak, with fans and betters and definitely sports books. I don't understand why the Golden Knights felt that this was a, a good business move. And I got to believe it sounds crazy as it is, but they didn't know what the business was all about. Maybe they were thinking it was something else correlated in the sports book industry. But let's remember, this is still a relatively new organization. Not a lot of Vegas-born people are part of the front office of this organization. They're transplants, a lot from Canada, and this is still new to them. So... 
I don't want to speak for them. I have no idea. But the Vegas Golden Knights don't want to talk about it because when they have been approached for interviews, they said no comment. Yeah, and, and again, you mentioned a lot of this stuff, and hopefully we can get a little bit of clarity and then some enlightenment on it. But, yeah, there's a lot of questions here. First off, like you mentioned, why would they go outside of Vegas? Why would they go outside of the United States? To um, you know, Which, right there, that's kind of a red flag to some people. If they didn't know what it was, then shame on them. And I knew you said, yeah, it's a new organization, this and that. The people running it aren't new to their game of hockey and what's going on in this. Now, obviously, the world has changed with sports books and other things involved and different things like that. You know, I mean, I don't I honestly don't think it's going to be that far before down the road that we see some kind of betting stations or something in some stadiums or something around the world. We see it in other sports. We, we see it in soccer over in Europe. We see it in tennis tournaments all around. We see it someplace. So things are changing a little, but you still have to know exactly what you're dealing with and what's going on. So, yeah, I, I don't know exactly what it was, why they chose this particular company. Uh, maybe other companies weren't even in the bidding because they didn't think that that was even a possibility that they would do something like that. And I know one of the other things that I did read about it was, there was a lot of speculation was, are they going to have inside information? Are they going to have inside information on injury reports or this or that? Or even in-game things or something about, oh, so-and-so just got, okay, he's in concussion protocol down below and nobody knows it yet, but maybe they do or something, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of questions, and I'm sure that a lot of it probably was innocent or whatever, but whenever you put that doubt in people's mind, and like you said, especially in an industry where there's already so much of it, it's just not a good yeah, look. Yeah, it's definitely shady in a lot of people's minds. And to that point, you know, uh, in Mile High Stadium, you know, where the Broncos, you know, play. Now it's not called Mile High anymore, but with uh, Colorado having legalized sports betting, you know, they've talked about putting betting stations there. Uh, we've seen betting stations here in Vegas. Well, in, in the Orleans, how many times do we go to a basketball game or something? Right. At halftime, you see. All the crowd going on, especially when these tournaments are that are going on, they're going to the sportsbook to see what the second half line and everything is. Yes, so it's it's definitely prevalent. We heard also a few months back that they were going to be putting betting stations in at Wrigley Field. They talked about that as well too. There's several other stadiums, so this is coming. And again, it's still kind of taboo. You know, when you're dealing with tout services, it's still taboo to a lot of people. But then again, the whole betting idea with sports in that marriage has always you know, been tainted. And, and, but, but now, DraftKings and FanDuel and the William Hills, BetMGMs and all these other places, in the station casinos, all that, it, it is now acceptable, which is great. It's great for us. We get to talk about it, get to be involved in it. And again, it does generate eyeballs. It also generates dollars for the partnerships of the different teams and the different leagues. They have done a full 360 in this situation over the last few years. But Again, those are sports books. Tout service is different. So we'll talk to Matthew Holt. We'll get his take on that. Scott Spritzer as well a little bit later on. We'll also touch upon the breaking news in the National Football League today. J.J. Watt, now a member of the Arizona Cardinals. We'll give you specific uh, details on that as well, too. So we'll be diving that. Uh, Trevor Maddich will join us tomorrow on the show to really break that down and look at that. But we start today talking about the Vegas Golden Knights. Tonight, fans are allowed back at the Fortress. Looking forward to that. Yes, 2,600 fans are uh, will be allowed. We talked about the procedure of how people got tickets on the show on, on Friday. But, uh, yes, 
Looking forward to fans back in the arena. It's been 363 days since fans saw a Golden Knights game in person. Tickets went on sale Thursday. They got scooped up. 15% capacity of the 18,000 uh, seats there. That means 2,600 fans in attendance tonight. So uh, looking forward to this, and we'll go over all the heavy protocols. If you are going to the game as well, we'll go over all of that for you. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting, but, you know, it, it, all that kind of stuff is nice, and it, it's good for the players. It's good for the fans. At least they're getting there. I know that the Golden Knights were upset that they didn't get at least 20%, but they got the 15 so they're going to deal with that, and hopefully things continue to move in the right direction. And, you know, maybe by the playoff time or something, maybe we see – almost full stadiums or at least 50% capacity or something. But I'm more concerned about the product on the ice myself. I'm concerned about, you know, or curious to see how the game plays out. You know, uh, how's Vegas going to do it? Looks like Marc-Andre Fleury is getting the start once again. Robin Leonard once again, not at the morning skate. It was Fleury and Oscar Dansk. So now you have to wonder, as a Golden Knights fan, first off, what the heck is wrong with Robin Leonard? Because it's been a while now, and they still don't know exactly – when he's going to be back or exactly what's wrong with him because they really don't tell us anything. And if you are a Golden Knight fan, the one thing that you better really be thankful for is that they never made that offseason move and traded Marc-Andre Fleury because <laughs> where would they be right now if they would have done that? I'm not saying that Oscar Dansk or somebody else couldn't maybe come in and do well. We saw that in season one when Fleury went down with a concussion, but you certainly don't want to bank on that. Mm. Here's the thing. We know how fans feel about Marc-Andre Fleury, the face of this franchise. And the fans that I've talked to, and I'm, I'm sure I won't speak for you and people that you've talked to, but I really don't think anybody cares about Robin Leonard. They don't care. They don't view him as the face of the franchise. A lot of fans view it as the Golden Knights overpaid him with this contract. They made Marc-Andre Fleury really feel like he was ostracized here. And then you add to the fact how well Fleury has played. Now, granted, it sounded great. Like, hey, we're going to bring a lot Robin Leonard in, and they're going to you know, split the starts 50-50. And then what happened? You know, go back to the playoff time. We talked about this so much last year in the bubble that basically Fleury – Got hardly any starts at all. What two, three postseason starts, whatever it was. But it was Flurry like Flurry was 80, clearly DeBoer's backup. Uh, clearly, I mean, where Leonard got like eighty-five percent of the starts. So this year, okay, we're going to alternate. We're going to be playing a condensed schedule of only fifty-six games. We're going to pack it in, and he started that. He did, you know. But opening night, who was the starter? It was Leonard, and then it was Flurry, and they alternated until Leonard got hurt. But then again, we didn't hear exactly what it was. Upper body injury. That's all we're hearing, right? Yeah, we still don't know. Still and, don't and, know. and now they're saying this is the kind of thing that you hope clears itself up in a few days, but you don't know. It keeps on lingering in that. I know there's speculation out there, and I don't want to speculate, but now people are questioning exactly what is, what is wrong. And all I can say to that is we're not going to know because they don't have to tell us. Right. And the way Flurry is playing has been fantastic for the most part. But, yeah, you, you still want to have – a decent backup because Flurry's not going to be able to go. But again, this is a veteran, and again, he's he's energized, he's happy, and this and that. But if people are thinking that Mark Andre Flurry is going to wear down over time, sure, he's going to need an off night. But the bottom line is, this guy has done it. He's been in this situation where he's been the A one, he's been the number one guy, you know, with the Penguins, and then the first, you know, uh, three seasons with the Knights. So. It's not like Marc-Andre Fleury really needs Robin Leonard. 
Okay? And especially if Leonard comes back and he's not 100%. And let's face it. I mean, you know, there was that point in time where Flurry had the much better uh, save percentage. He had the much better record when when they were both splitting, um, you know, the the goaltending oh, duties. Flurry has clearly outperformed yes, Robin Leonard up to this point of the season this year. And, and as far as that goes, too, it's not like Oscar Dansk is garbage. Right. Oscar Dansk can win you some games. Oscar Dansk has the first shutout in Vegas Golden Knights history. <laughs> Good point. Okay? You yeah. know, I mean, that can never be taken away from him. I believe he's 3-0 and now with the Silver Knights. I know it's the AHL, but you can only face the competition in front of you. Oscar Dansk came here from this to this organization hoping to get a chance to get some game time and some starts. I don't think that I would be absolutely – you know, I wouldn't write off a game and go, oh, well, Dansk is starting tonight. Vegas can't win, especially in this division with some of the teams that they play. There's no reason that Oscar Dansk couldn't give Marc-Andre Fleury a night off here or there and they still conceivably could get a victory in that game. He's done it before. Oscar Dansk is a proven, not over a long haul or anything, but he's had good NHL games. He's been in the league, and like I said, he got the first shot on a yeah. team history. He's not a garbage goaltender. He may, he's not Robin Leonard. They're also not paying him like Robin Leonard. But does it mean that if you put in Oscar Dansk, you go, well, we're just conceding this game? No, right. not at all. They believe and the players believe that Oscar Dance can get the job done. And until we see him in a game, we don't know if he can or he can't this year. You give him a game against the Ducks. Give him a game against the Coyotes. No problem, you know? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I'm in complete agreement with that. You know, throw him in there and and let's see what he can do. We thought that we may already have seen him at one point in time during this stretch over the last week and a half. Yeah, well, we thought he was going to start one of those games, and possibly there was talk of him starting that San Jose game that got postponed. Now, would he have started that game or not? I don't know. I do know that Fleury was the first off the ice today, which is generally the indicator that he'll be starting again. But at some point, especially when these games become more condensed, if Robin Leonard's not available, they're going to have to go to Oscar Dansk or Logan Thompson or somebody else out there. I like Oscar Dansk, what I've seen of him. I think he can be a decent goaltender. Is he going to be a Hall of Famer like Marc-Andre Fleury? No. But then there's a reason they're Hall of Famers, because not everybody is going to be that. Can he win a game or two, especially in this division against some of the teams they play, and keep the Vegas Golden Knights in a game? There's no reason he can't. So the Vegas Golden Knights will play tonight against the Minnesota Wild. They'll play tonight, 7 o'clock face-off at T-Mobile Arena, and then again on Wednesday. And the Wild, they're right behind the Golden Knights in the standings right now. Golden Knights, 12-4-1, sit atop of the West. They've won eight of their last 11, and there's Minnesota right behind them at 12-6, and six, a pretty good hockey team. So looking forward to this tonight. Would not surprise me at all. Again, Flurry is going to get the start tonight, probably get the start again on Wednesday, and uh, we'll have to see. All right, but the the news, like we talked about, is tonight is the first night that fans are able to come back and watch the Golden Knights play in person. Heavy protocols will be in place. No bags, three-layer masks must be worn, no bandanas, no net gaiters. Anybody know what a net gaiter is here? Numbchuck, you got a net gaiter? Of course he has a net gator. Yeah, I'm assuming it's just one of those things that you put around your neck or whatever to like. Looks like the guy know. that's about ready to rob the bank. That, that, that's it. Yeah, I've seen the bandana and everything. So the net gators. So why no net gators. Why couldn't you wear that instead of a mask? Isn't it basically a mask almost like? No, be, be almost like. No, because <laughs> they want these three-ply masks that are coming in here. And they do not want just a, a piece of clothing. They're not going to allow that. 
So um, I believe the, the proper verbiage is that it has to be a three-layer mask. Now, I don't know if a lot of people so know what a three-layer mask is. I couldn't wear that bandana that I used to when, I, when, nope. when all this stuff first came around. Will not be allowed. Yeah, a three-layer mask. And, and I believe also when you said the no bags and that, I believe for, for women that means no purses. No purses. And I'll tell you what it is. It does mean no diaper bags either. They're not allowing diaper bags in there with, ba- with babies as well, too. Now, you can, you can bring a child in, but you can't bring in a diaper bag. So, yeah, there are going to be some strict protocols here. And... That's why we're going over this protocol right now. So if you are going to the game tonight, so you are aware, and uh, I know the Golden Knights are trying to get this word out. So, I, but still, I imagine people will probably be turned away because, you know. They well, they think- did send. I believe they did send this to everybody that has tickets and that that they send right. stuff to their emails and everything. So the, now, whether they read all the protocols or not, right. they can't control that. But they have sent the word out there because you know someone's going to go in tonight bringing their purse or bringing something else, and they're going to be told, "Yes, yeah, sorry, that's mm-hmm. not going to get it done." Mm-hmm. So all fans must complete the health questionnaire before entering the arena via the app, the Clear app, which we talked about before. That's a real easy thing. You, you, you handle that on your phone. Uh, fans will enter the arena based on their seating locations and given a suggested arrival time. This is totally new and different. So example, so fans in sections 1 through 20, or if you have tickets in 101 to 120 or 201 to 227, you will enter in the main entrance of Toshiba Plaza. If you are a suite holder, then you're going to have to go um, over on the west side uh, there. Uh, T-Mobile has transitioned into a full cashless system, which means no cash will be accepted at all. So they want you to show up with basically your credit card and driver's license only. To you know, scan in your tickets like you normally do, and then uh, some concession stands will be open, but it is a cashless facility from here on out until uh, further notice. And another thing from here on out, T-Mobile is now a smoke-free environment as well. So um, after the games, fans are going to be released out of their section and their seats based on section location. So you're not just going to be able to get up. So... You're not going to be able to get up during the intermissions. I don't know what what this means for for restroom protocol as well. well. I'm sure that there's going to be you know in certain sections and that this is the restroom that you're allowed to use and that's going to be it. Just like we talked about before with the concession stands, the concession stands are going to open, but you're not going to be able, able to walk all around the concourse and find your favorite one or maybe that person that you spoke to in the past when you were dealing with it or you know for some reason you like the hot dogs from this stand better than the hot dogs from another one. You're going to be limited to, to where you can go. You're going to have the facilities available, but it's going to just be that one or maybe two options and not all the options like you've had in the past. So it sounds like that the third-party vendors that, you know, when we mean the third-party vendors, of course, like the Shake Shacks and whoever, you know, locations all over the city, uh, they will probably not be open. Um, just looking at this this press release right now, uh, instead, fans uh, in the arena will have access to concession stands within the sections of the concourse that are that correspond with their seats. Within each of those areas, and both the upper and the lower concourses, stands will offer similar food beverage options such as hot dogs, popcorn, nachos, pretzels, and uh, beyond meat brats. So, fans with club seats who normally have access to the Bud Light Lounge or the Jack Daniels Lounge, 
Uh, they'll be offered some additional options in both of those lounge areas, but club dining selections will include upscale pub fare, such as a carne asada, loaded nachos, uh, some dogs, some Parmesan, herb, fr- uh, herb fries, and uh, uh, snacks like that. But yeah, so it looks like the third-party vendors will probably not be able to. So you're, if you're planning on getting a Pink's Hot Dog or a Shake Shack, doesn't sound like that's uh, going to be available. That's going to be interesting to see, though, tonight. And again, um, if, if people are planning on going to the game, they have to go in a, in a certain time. You're going to have to you know, get escorted to that certain section, and it does not sound like you're going to be allowed out of that section except to go to that concession stand uh, or maybe that restroom, and that's it. So I know we're going to have a lot of blockage and a lot of uh, roped-off areas there as well tonight. It's going to be very, very unique and different. So say a fan who's in you know Section 225 and wants to go visit someone over in 201. It's not happening. Not going to happen. You're going to be texting them back and, and forth. And that's a big thing, as you know. It, well, it is, definitely. You know, I mean, well, again, from doing the games up in High Lounge for say. the last few not seasons. Not only there, but used to be on the concourse well, on as the well, concourse. too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everybody, they mingle. They walk around the entire arena. They say hi to other people. They meet, you know, they maybe have a, a beer or a drink between periods or whatever. I'm also curious to see what they're going to do with the gift shop. You know, I mean, can people go down? Can anybody go in? I'm assuming there's going to be a waiting line. And you mentioned the concession stands and that sort of stuff. It kind of sounds like there's not going to be vendors walking around saying you want a beer or something like right. that. I mean, I'm sure that's not going to be the case because vendors deal with cash. You know, they're not going to be taking everybody's credit card and that. So there's definitely going to be some changes. There's going to be some people that are not happy especially if they did pay maybe a little bit more, especially on the secondary market further tickets. But these are the rules and the protocols that they have to go with right now. You know, it's a stepping stone, hopefully going in the right direction. Are there going to be some people upset? Absolutely. My gut feeling is the majority of people are going to be happy just to have the opportunity to be back to see the Golden Knights play live again. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, 2,600 fans in attendance tonight, 15% of the capacity. One thing that I wanted to touch on that you brought up earlier, kind of in passing there, was you talked about the Speedway. All right, so I know that uh, Chris Powell wasn't real happy, and he's the president of the Las Vegas Motor Oh, they're Speedway. totally not happy, yeah. And, and, and deservedly so. So I guess he went to the, the health board and, and spoke to Governor Sisolak about this as well, too, saying that, hey, I don't understand if you're allowing 35% capacity into restaurants, which is going to get bumped up to 50%, what we're hearing here, in a matter of, of 15 days or so. But they're saying, hey, for T-Mobile Arena, for the Golden Knights fans, and for our Speedway, you're only allowing 15%. 15%. That is pretty ludicrous. Well, the Speedway is 20%, right? No, 15% is, is, is well, too. They're both. So that's why Chris Powell was saying, this makes no sense. He goes, we can get 100,000 people there. And then for you to say we can only have 15,000 fans there, that extra 5,000 means a heck of a lot, especially when it's outdoors and you can have uh, you know 5,000 more people and that's that's going to help the speedway and and I like what he said. He said you're basically and he put the Golden Knights in this as well too. We service people on a regular basis. Okay, we're dealing with this. We know how to handle it. For for someone on the outside trying to tell us how to do our business and how to space people out, he goes, "We've got that covered. We've got that handled." So for us not to be able. To have more people, especially at a bigger venue, and especially the outdoor venue, then it's okay. So I guess, okay, the Speedway, 
is pl- allowing for 20%. So I stand correct on that. So 16,000 fans. But what he was saying is because we're a bigger venue. Yeah, and it's outlet, outdoors. It, it, yeah, we should at least be able to go maybe 25 or 30%. There. Yeah, and, and I believe that's the reason that they were – because the Golden Knights website, because they thought they were going to get 20%. They got the 15. The Speedway wanted more than that, and they were told 20. And they're like, well, we're an outdoor arena where it doesn't spread as much. We can social distance yeah. even more with all the facilities and that. So, yeah, neither one of them were happy. And they also, I believe, that Governor Sisolak in the state is saying that these are kind of like, you know, stepping stone things or like, a, you know. A, it's a trial and error yeah, thing. It's They've a trial that. and error yeah. thing. Yeah. And one of the things Chris Powell mentioned was we have one gigantic event every year. Right. We can't do it. We can't be part of a trial and error. This is what makes or breaks our season. And it's not just us in the Speedway. It's all the vendors, all the people working, all the parking attendants. So there's a lot involved in there. There's a lot of people out there. There's all the pre-party stuff and the pre-race stuff that they're not doing this year. There's the neon garages and all that stuff that they're not doing this year. So it's not just about, oh, well, you know, it's it, it, we can't be a trial and error thing. This is This is our Super Bowl. And you're completely cutting us out before we even get a chance. Yeah, like you said, that's the key. I mean, they have two major events there, okay? One in March, which will be next weekend, and then the one in September. Uh, and, again, without, without these events for them, there, there's really no speedway. And, the, again, so, yeah, he can't be in a trial and error. And that's what they said, too. They said that with the Golden Knights and T-Mobile Arena, this is a way for us to, you know, we probably could get away with doing 20%. Gold Knights could probably get away with 3,500, 4,000 fans in an 18,000-seat venue, especially since they are opening up the upper deck as well, too. We thought it would just be down in the lower bowl. So it's really going to be spread out. And again, it will lose a little bit of the atmosphere. If you put 2,600 in the lower bowl, then it, it would make it fairly raucous in there. But now it's really going to be spread out. It'll still be better than it was. But like you said, it's a trial and error uh, position. They want to see how they do the temperature checks. They want to see how they usher people in and out, and now how they usher people out of the building. So they said, give us some time to get that ready, and then for April and May, we feel or we're hoping, as long as you know the cases go down, you know, the, the COVID cases go down, and more of the vaccinations get out to people, that then we should be okay, but they need this trial and error period for staffing to get it right. Well, another thing that I'm really curious to see tonight is how are they going to enforce the mask rule? Because, you know, when we're out and about, if you're in a bar and that kind of stuff, once you sit down and you have food and drink in front of you, you're allowed to take your mask off. From the protocols that I've read here, you're only allowed to have your mask off when you're actually taking a drink or eating something. So you take a bite of your hot dog, then you're supposed to immediately put your mask back up and chew the hot dog with the mask on. You take a drink, you don't take the drink and set it down, and then you're still talking without your mask. You're supposed to have it back up. How diligent are they going to be enforcing that? Are there going to be people walking around that are enforcing it? And how many people is that going to tick off? Because we know that a lot of people, especially the people that don't believe in the mask to begin with, and that's a whole different argument that I don't want to get into right here and now, but it's like, can you imagine, okay, you took a couple kernels of popcorn, you got your fresh popcorn finally, you got it someplace, well, put your mask up while you're chewing it? I mean, there's going to be people breaking the rules. 
How stringent yeah. are they going to be in their enforcement of that? Yeah, and we've seen a little bit of that ourselves. You and I going go just in the media section alone, going to T-Mobile Arena. I mean, we, we kind of joke around, say, hey, you know, they've, they've got the, the COVID police out there, and it's, it's, it's definitely out there. You're right, and that's more personnel that you need to hire, and these are just ushers. These aren't security guards. And like I said, if you upset somebody, you don't know how, how they're going to take that. Especially back to the sports book angle, you got somebody who's got a, a nickel or a dime on the game or something like that. Things are going well and it's pretty intense right now. It's like, hey, you know, leave me alone. Bite my hot dog. Didn't you see me bite my hot dog? I was take, taking a sip of my soda. I don't know, man. It's. And I'm more interested, honestly, I'm more interested in going to the game tonight to see that faction of it, just like you talk about. More so in the game. And we got a good game. You know, people, oh, the Wild, yeah, they're playing well. They're 12-6. and six. Golden Knights, 12-4-1. Looking forward to the action on, on the ice like you're talking about. But I'm really more intrigued and more interested on what the atmosphere is going to be like. How are they going to, to get this, uh, I don't want to say pull it off because they will pull it off, but just how is the crowd going to sound? How are they going to be? How are they going to behave? And how are they going to follow protocols? I'm very curious. And then how is... The, the T-Mobile uh, attendants, how are they going to handle situations? Very I, curious. I, I'm also curious to see because, you know, one of the things that you do have with the season ticket holders is you sit around the same people every single game. You kind of get to know them. because They become your oh, family almost. Time, yeah. Well, now that they're going to be spread out and people aren't necessarily sitting next to people they know and that kind of stuff, is there going to be somebody saying, hey, that guy over there keeps on taking his mask down. And he, he's not doing the – they're going against protocol. Are there going to be people kind of narking on other people yeah. or something like that in the stands? I don't know what to expect. I'm expecting they're – you know, I'm expecting they're going to be basically well-behaved. But remember when all this stuff first started and everybody was wearing the mask and then when everybody had the gloves on as well? Right. What did you see all over every parking lot? Yeah, mask and gloves, gloves all over the ground. Yeah. This is a new thing. How are they going to react? Are they going to go, thank God we're getting to watch hockey again and we're going to take every protocol and we're going to be perfect little angels and sit in our seats here? Are they going to be the hell with it? I've been sitting at home for a year now. I'm going to do what I want to do because I paid this much for these tickets. And like you said, you know, with the Speedway, you don't have those other activities, the neon garages and all that stuff, and you don't don't have – the T-Mobile or the Toshiba Plaza parties, you don't have that. You're not going to have all that as well, too. So, not, you know, people are, are not going to be allowed to gather out there. You're going to be ushered in. They're going to space everybody out. And think about that, too. Most people will get there, you know, within 30 minutes of face-off. This way, you're going to have to start uh, giving people, you know, arrival times of maybe 6 o'clock or 6.10 or maybe even earlier than that. You know what I'm saying? Maybe an hour and 10, hour and 15 minutes before face-off. It's kind of strange, you know, because, you know, they want to space everybody out here and and don't want to hold up lines, and they don't want people mingling around in Toshiba Plaza. What capacity do we have to get to when they start showing the games outside again, that they start allowing people out there? And when we see the marching line from New York, New York, and do the game, I'm assuming that's still not going on in this one. All right, Matthew Holt will join us when we come back. Uh, We'll get to his thoughts regarding the Golden Knights and the uptick situation as well, too. We've got NFL to talk about, college basketball, and a whole lot more. More Golden Knights talk coming your way. It is the T.C. Martin Show on a Manic Monday. Back to more nonstop sports talk with the Dr. T.C. Martin. All right, don't forget, get the William Hill mobile app. 
so easy to use, and especially if you are one of the 2,600 people that get to go to the game tonight, hey, deposit that money, go over to the Cosmopolitan to Las Vegas, walk on over to the T-Mobile Arena, and do it to it. That's right, the William Hill mobile app. It's so easy to use. Download on your phone first, and if you deposit at least $50 into your account, they will match it with an additional 50 into a new account. Use that promo code tc 50 do that at William Hill, not just the Cosmopolitan, but any of the William Hill mobile app locations, any of the sports books out there. Use that promo code again, TC50. We've got conference tournament basketball here in Vegas coming up as well as everywhere else. So now is the time to get the mobile app and take advantage of the free money, $50 free in your account. When you put $50 in, they'll match it. TC50, the promo code. Matthew Holt joins us. Our guy from U.S. Integrity. What's going on, my man? TC, how we doing on a Monday? Woo! We're okay, man. We're okay. So we got hockey back at the Fortress. Very, very interesting. But the news that I really want to touch on with you, Matt, is this situation that we heard on Wednesday about the Vegas Golden Knights announcing a multi-year deal with the tout service based in Mexico. And because of the backlash, by Saturday, this deal was canceled by the Knights the Vegas Gold Knights had it on their website. They pulled it down yesterday. Some interesting news here. Now, this anytime we hear about tout services or pick services, there is a big question mark out there about the legitimacy and the integrity. And who better talk with this about than you, my friend? So my question to you, Matt, is when you first heard about this deal, what were your thoughts? Probably as bad as the rest of the industries. I tried to maintain a little bit. Uh, more silence than some people on Twitter. I thought the industry exploded enough where I could kind of sit quietly, but I mean, I don't know anybody. It was the, it was funny in our office. We said it was sort of the only time we had ever seen Twitter unanimously agree on something that that was um, one of the most irresponsible probably deals done since we've seen the repeal of PASPA. Okay, so we understand the partnerships with sports teams and sports books, okay? Describe the partnering with a tout service on how that can be viewed as taboo, and can this be viewed as unethical? Well, it wasn't just all the conflicts of interest, which are fairly obvious, meaning, number one, there are going to be times, and basically the Golden Knights would have been financially incentivized for these this team to win their picks and thus how do you help ensure that somebody wins their picks well potentially when you have insider information you may leak it to that organization because you want them to win their picks and get good odds so there were a lot and what happens when their pick was for the golden knights to lose well now suddenly if the golden knights are getting a portion of revenue or financially incentivized by the success of this pick company they could also be incentivized to lose a game, technically. I mean, it was an unprecedented deal. But more so even than all the conflicts of interest for this company were the fraudulent claims made on this company. You know, we've all seen these handicappers that say they hit 70% or 80% or 90%, and then this one just took it even further overboard, claiming that they help all these people make a living off sports. And as somebody who ran the largest licensed sportsbook operator in the United States for some time while I was at Cantor Gaming, the first one to ever launch a regulated mobile sports, betting app in the country, I could tell you that that's just not the reality. In fact, over time, most people lose. I mean, 
lines are very tight. They're built very strong, and trying to beat that minus 110 house edge is very difficult, and very few betters do it over time. And the ones that do, and they tend to hit around 53 to 55%, it's because they churn millions and millions of dollars, and that 2% winnings that they had year over year uh, means something because they're churning enough money for it for it to be impactful enough for them to make money. But that website was so irresponsible with its messaging, with its language. I was really nervous, to be honest, that uh, they were going to get somebody in trouble, that somebody was going to read that that was a little bit naive and say, oh, my goodness, it's the official pick service of the Golden Knights. And look, right on their website, it says they'll help me make a living off sports and potentially maybe get bet too much and get themselves in trouble. We saw them giving out picks on their site that suggested that you buy two points on every NBA game and lay minus right. 150. Can I book that, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. The fraudulent claims saying that people have quit their jobs and they can make a living betting sports if you join our service. That's a great point. Hey, Matt, I, I got a quick question for you because there's some, some people out there speculating, well, maybe the Golden Knights didn't know exactly what this was or what kind of industry this was. First off, I don't buy that. And secondly, if that is an excuse or a reason that somebody's going to try to throw out there, does that make it any better? Because it almost makes it worse to me. It's like, how do you get involved with somebody that you don't know what they're doing? You know, sports betting has taught us a lot about the leagues, and I – you know, on, on my business, I work with a lot of individual universities, big college conferences like the SEC and the Pac-12 and the Big 12 and big leagues like the NBA and lots of teams and everybody in between. And I will say this, there are massively varying degrees of education and domain expertise in the sports betting, betting industry between some of these teams. I mean, look at the Ted Leonsis in Washington and how educated those guys are, how much research they've actually done on sports betting and were able to get an actual sports book in their arena. But, but I'll say this, we deal with universities and teams all the time that know, know little to nothing about sports betting. So it's certainly not impossible that whoever did this deal didn't know anything about sports betting, but you're an NHL professional franchise. Whether you knew anything prior to signing the deal or not, somebody has to diligence the deal, and somebody certainly probably failed at that in this case. Well, let me ask you, Matt, going back to that, do you feel that the Vegas Golden Knights management, did they know the difference between a sports booking establishment and a pick service I don't know. I haven't had an opportunity to speak with them about this, so I'm not 100% sure whether they knew or not. You would like to think they didn't because, again, if they made such a poor decision knowing ahead of time exactly what they were getting into, then you have to really question the decision-making of the people who, who put this deal in place and say, well, if, if those are the type of reckless decisions you're going to make, then you probably shouldn't be working for a professional franchise. But even on the other side, does it make it any better if they didn't know? Because, again, even if they didn't know, doesn't somebody diligence these deals before they get signed? I mean, a major professional team in the big five sports announcing a partnership publicly – and nobody had diligenced what they did, um, and I thought the outlash was justified. You know, the, the, the amount of, of people on social media, the amount of people in the community, the amount of people across the country 
who were simply astonished and outraged that this could happen unanimously. We didn't see one single person across the country that I saw that said, oh, maybe this is a good deal. We should give it a chance. It was unanimously reckless and irresponsible, conflicted, um, signing up with a, with a site that obviously was providing fraudulent information to its consumer base. There were just so many red flags there. And um, I think maybe this is probably a wake-up call for every league, team, university, and conference across the United States that sports betting is here. The deals that come along with this industry are lucrative. Um, when used properly, sports betting may be the greatest engagement, fan engagement tool that there is in the toolbox, but that domain expertise is king, and it's important to bring in companies like, like U.S. Integrity, really, with domain expertise to help guide you through this process because this is a really good example of what happens when you don't have anyone guiding you through the process. You make mistakes like this, and nothing looks worse than after publicly announcing a deal, walking it back and rescinding it less than one week later. You kind of led me into my next question or thought. You mentioned the fact that they could go with somebody like U.S. Integrity or other places right here in Vegas or certainly in the continental United States. Was it a red flag or is there any um, concern that they went to a company in Mexico to begin with when there are so many other options right here in the continental uh, United States? Very concerning. I mean, even if you were going to go in the tout industry, think of the companies that sell picks or at least talk about selling information that kind of guides you to make picks. Big, huge U.S. media companies, Action Network, VSIN, ESPN, you know, uh, wager talks of the world, pregames.com. These are companies that have millions of dollars in revenue, huge bases. And you're going, I mean, if somebody looked at that website and, met, and, that, and thought it was real, wow, I'm just astonished, really. Matthew Holt joins us, U.S. Integrity, talking about the situation with the Vegas Golden Knights and the tout service you pick, where the Golden Knights agreed in principle to sponsorship or a partnership last Wednesday. On Saturday, the, the deal was done because of the tremendous backlash that was going on here, Matt. And going back to that point a little bit, if you are going to have a partnership with a tout service, why not? have one here in Vegas, the betting capital of the world here, and why Mexico? Well, I think part of it is everybody's kind of known that's an industry with a, bad with a bad stigma, a bad reputation, a terrible history. Um, you know, everything that's really been considered bad about the sports betting industry, a lot of it circles back to the handicapping industry. I mean, we can go back to the old boiler rooms who they were able to prove many of were giving out both sides of games. And th th that's a really stigmatized negatively industry. And so I'd be surprised if any team ever did sign a deal with a tout service. But then if you were going to, again, why would you go to one in Mexico? And why would you pick one that, that claimed such extravagant claims that they couldn't be true? It's no different than the Nigerian prince calling you. At the end of the day, you have to have some sensibility to understand when a scam is a scam. Matt, are, are you going to a coming to America reference there? Is that where you're going? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you this. How dangerous is it for a pro sports franchise to have a partnership with a sportsbook entity? Now, different. 
Tout Services Sportsbooks, and we see the Golden Knights. They have their partnership with William Hill, and we're seeing more and more of just about all of the professional sports franchises, whether it's the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, the NFL, you know, having these partnerships. In your opinion, is it still kind of dangerous to have these partnerships with leagues and teams? If not properly vetted, then sure, it is dangerous. And I think what we're seeing is that the the actual deal structure of most of these deals are very public, and they include signage and advertising inventory, whether it be on social media or digital inventory combined with some inventory in arena, which is usually signage and digital board advertising. And then in turn, the sports book gets the rights to use official teams, logos, trademarks, et cetera, and be the official sports book provider of the team. And in some cases, what we're seeing already is a lot of times that partner also gets to run a sports book in arena. You know, and, and in several cases, we're seeing that already, including the Washington Wizards and Washington Capitals, who have an arena, a sports book inside that arena. That's kind of the new trend to have in-arena sports books where not only at that point would your sports book partner get your advertising and standard marketing inventory that you would offer, but the, also the ability to run a sports book and have all those tens of thousands of fans coming to all those games walk right by your book and either potentially sign up or make a wager in-arena on the game. So. There's a lot of benefits to it, and it's pretty clear what the relationship is between the two entities. In this case, I'm not even 100% sure, and, and I think it was hard for many people to explain exactly what the relationship was going to be, where those boundaries lie, or if they even existed between a, a professional sports franchise and a tout service. I've noticed that the Golden Knights basically don't want to talk about this topic. Is that the right move for them to just basically just let it all blow over and, and get out of the way? Or Because I really don't know what kind of statement they would make that could make it any better. It seems like their way of dealing with it is to not deal with it. Well, at the end of the day, unfortunately for them, what are you going to come out and say? Nothing they could say looks bad. Hey, because we talked about the options. So you either have to say, well, we hired someone that doesn't know what they're doing, or we hired a team that didn't do their diligence, or we hired a team that took a reckless chance. None of those seem good or are something that you'd want to come out and publicly say. And since there isn't a socially acceptable reason behind why you would have done this deal, it's better to say nothing. And I feel like in this case, fortunately for the Golden Knights, we are just about in the thick of March Madness Boys Conference tournaments are right around the corner. We're going to get several of them, the smaller ones starting this week, the big ones starting next week. And no matter how emotional we all have felt last week about this and then laughing last weekend when they rescinded it and demanding answers now, my guess is we get in the thick of March Madness, people are going to forget all about it. All right, there you go. March Madness, my friend. We're right around the corner, and you know, we, we laid it out, man, on Friday, uh, hoops and hops back at the Cosmopolitan, my friend. You know all about that. It's going to be scaled back a little bit, but we're looking forward to it, man. So you're going to have to come on out and join us. Yeah, I'll have to come down. Look, Brian and those guys do such an amazing job. It's such an amazing venue. The setup for it's great. The food's amazing. So uh, if, if I get my invite, I'll certainly be coming down. You got it, brother. All right, Matthew Holt, U.S. Integrity. Appreciate you, my man, as always. Take care, and we'll talk to you very, very soon. And uh, hopefully uh, maybe we'll uh, see you at the WCC tournament this weekend. 
Will do, my friend. Have a great night. Yeah, I'm still just a little bit boned right now because according to Matt, I guess I don't get that $43 million coming from me from that Nigerian prince. Yeah, exactly, right. There <laughs> you go. I don't know. Remember, I am the king of Zamunda. Gotta love that. Coming to America. That's right. Number two. It's yes. coming. Yes. Only uh, took like 30 or 40 years. Yeah, only 30 years. That's worse than the Blues Brothers 2000. It took 20 years for that. But I, I saw Arsenio in an interview recently, and he said yeah. the reason it took that long is because they made a pact with each other that they would never do a sequel. Wow, see? Ever. There you go. And then they said Beyonce, Rihanna, and everybody else were doing all these parties, and they were like, I guess we got to do it. <laughs> all right. Scott Sprites is going to join us next hour, and we've got NFL news to talk about. J.J. Watt's got a new team. T.C. Martin, Ballpark Frank with you on a Monday.